We've all had that successful video that has blown up and has got us really excited and we just want more of it. We want to replicate that success and just get those views and get those subscribers. Turns out there's a bunch of factors that we can deep dive into in analytics to understand the components that made that video successful. If you want to know what to look out for, what components we should be focusing on, how you can replicate it for your channels, well, this is the show for you. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber just like you, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ where we help creators every single day get more subscribers, get more views, and grow their channel. And today, we're very, very fortunate to be able to have Dane Golden. He's the CEO of Hey.com, and they help businesses really leverage the power of video for business. But Dane has got a whole bunch of trips and tricks up his sleeve, and he's going to share them with us. Dane, thank you for making it. Hey, Leron, how are you? Excellent, excellent. Are you excited to dive into this? I, yeah, this I live for this stuff. You know that. <laughs> well, this is so common. I mean, us at VidIQ and kind of when we do strategy with our creators, we get this question so many times where people are saying, "But why? Why? What's going on?" So I think before kind of we really really dive in, Dane, I always like to start this conversation with, "Give me your Twitter. Who is Dane in a tweet?" Well, someone who really believes in the power of video marketing, you know, we, we focus on helping businesses rather than creators using the, the style of creators. And we really believe that you can do video marketing in a cost-effective way that drives value for your business using these tools, primarily focused on YouTube. Okay, there we go. And that was done in a tweet. You see <laughs> that's how we do it? So here's what happens. I do a set of videos. They do really well. I double down. I make more content. I follow the rules. I label it correctly. I title it. I get a good thumb. I'm doing everything right. Why would one video outperform another? Or why would some videos underperform? Why should we be looking at where do we start with this? These are the factors that I look at with each individual video when I'm trying to determine why it did well or, or poorly. Mm -hmm. And and the first thing that you want to look at is thumbnails and click-through rates of the thumbnails. Would you agree? Yes. All right. Well I, I want to I want to in a way skip over, you know, sort of what makes a good thumbnail, but yes. I, I'll because so many people are talking about it, particularly on your vidIQ channel, they've done some very good videos lately. But I will say that uh, I have a slightly different opinion about what a click-through rate is. Ooh, yes. Uh, it's a thumbnail combined with a title combined with a topic. And we don't really talk about topics in the same breath as titles and thumbnails. But for instance, if you have the best thumbnail and title about lawnmowers or John Deere tractors, I think they're great. It's just those aren't something that I'm particularly interested in and I don't use those. So I wouldn't watch that video. And if it's not on the main topic that your channel is usually talking about and I come to your channel, I may not click on it. So that's a topic issue that mm -hmm. underlies 
all of those. But basically, if you if you don't get a click, you don't get a view, it's pretty hard to to move from A to B. So that's sort of step one. So that's so some thumbnails and click-through rates, that's sort of the first thing we look at. What percentage you can look at. That's the basic number you want to look at. And you can go a lot deeper into impressions and so forth, but basically what's your click-through rate is the first question. What's a good average? How would you answer that? Is there a good average? Yeah, there there are good absolute averages, absolutely. But the important thing is to improve on your own number. Mm. You know, frankly, if you get above 10% on any type of video, you're going to do great. However, what happens when you're... On some videos, I'm very happy with 3%. And what happens is as your video gets out to more and more and more people, what the algorithm does is it starts experimenting. It starts saying, well, if this many people liked it and it got this such a great click-through rate, let's send it out to this much larger group and, and show this thumbnail. Well, you know what? Once you start showing it past your number one fans, not as many people are going to like it. So the success of your video actually lowers the rate of your click-through. So the answer is it depends. So don't get so fixated that the click-through rate may be low if the audience is so much wider. You should love YouTube for doing that. That's a great point. What's the next thing we should be looking at? Well, the, the next thing I generally look at on a video is audience retention. And with the new uh, Studio Beta, they just do the absolute audience retention, which is great and very valuable. I'm not so hot on how they've set it up because it I feel sort of compressed, but yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and what that shows you is which part of the video is getting the most traffic. And almost always, it's the first part is going to get the most traffic because people are going to start dropping off once they decide this video isn't for me or it's not answering the, a specific question I came to or I'm not enjoying it, whatever the case may be. It's almost impossible to have more people watching uh, in the middle or at the end than at the beginning. So that's important. I always look at that and see, okay, well, how fast mm -hmm. do people want to leave this video? Because in many videos, it's very fast. Well, there's, there's generally, I, I sort of divide up audience retention into three areas. There's the first part, which is sort of the intro and hook, and then the middle part, which is most of the video, and then sort of the last sort of end screen part. And the way I see it is the first part is... How well does that intro and hook correspond with what you're doing in the thumbnail and title? So the amount of disassociation between that click and what they've been given immediately, that's how fast your audience retention can drop. So if you say it's about pizza and you start talking about ice cream, mm -hmm. your audience is going to go away. And the middle part is really how well are you engaging with that initial premise and, you know, keeping them interested, continuing to add value. And then the end part is, you know, did you convince them to stay to the end? Because that's important to getting that end screen click, which is the, the highest normal click through rate and the highest likelihood of people watching longer and get and really improving, not just the the uh, ranking of that that video, but the channel overall is, is when you get those continuation views. So you want to keep them watching as long as possible. And did you convince them at the end to click and watch another video? Okay, so, so you actually, you don't look at, at retention as a one metrics in your mind. You literally saying, okay, hook, what happened to my hook? What happened to the meat of, uh, and what happened to the outro? 
and then look at each one independently, which is very smart because a lot of us just focus at the beginning. Oh, we've lost 60% of our audience right here. We're only going to focus on that. But that's actually wrong. We should be focusing on all three elements and improve each one for an overall retention score. Okay, like that. That's how I look at it. I, I work on improving. I mean, the number is the number, but this is how I work on improving because once you've, once you've got a pretty flat and not a lot of people are dropping off mm-hmm. in the middle, then you, then you start looking at the beginning and saying, hey, why are people dropping off? If, if no one dropped off during that intro and hook of yours, which clearly a lot of people don't like, mm-hmm. well, then you'd have a much higher plateau throughout the video. So, nice. so think of it in two different, uh, three different areas. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Right, what else? Well, one of the things that the studio beta I have not seen is the relative audience retention. Oh, that's right. And I hope that they move it in there because what relative audience retention is, it's not the default, it's that you have to click another tab to see this. Mm-hmm. What they do is they compare your video against a million other videos that are exact same length. And they tell you which part of your video is watched by more people than the average, or less. Or less, yes. What does this mean to me? Is this, is this just a number, or does it have some magic to it? Well, the thing about your absolute audience retention, which means just how many people are watching in a given moment, they always watch more at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But if you find that some places three or four minutes into your video suddenly has a spike in its relative audience retention, that's of the small group of people that still remain or smaller group, that actually can give you a signal. Like maybe it is, uh, you know, a skateboarder and it's a skateboard crash, right? Right. Well, people love to watch those skateboarders (laughs) wipe out and maybe you should do more of that, right? Or maybe it's a secret that you've given and... Mm -hmm and more people rewound or scrubbed back the playhead to play that again, well, clearly that's something people found real value. So nice. we don't, what, what we don't know in YouTube, and people have asked this before, what part of video gets the most subscribers? I mean, they'll subscribe to the video, but which part makes mm-hmm. them subscribe? Which part do they value? And that's the thing about relative audience retention can tell you is anytime you see a big bump uh, that it goes above 50% or has a big spike, you can say that was the part of the video that people really valued the most and possibly what made them subscribe. So I hope that they continue that in the, uh, the new studio beta. Well, they're constantly improving, and I must give it to YouTube for taking those steps because it cannot be easy with that platform. So, yeah, new features are coming out all the time. So, yes, relative audience retention. Look out for those bumps, analyze those bumps, and just do more bumps. Right. Just another part of Mm. audience retention is when something's going up or down, for instance, in in one of my client's videos, there was a big spike. We didn't have that spike in other videos and it was a uh, dance routine. And we found that the viewers liked to watch the dance routine so they could repeat it. Mm. And so you you look for those clues, but it also can be words. I I made a video about like 31 words that make you click off, you know, words like that's all or thank you (laughs) or comment below that that are likely ending language because so many people have been talking about ending language Mm -hmm. that you don't want to do. And I, so I just made a list of all the ones that in my experience were considered ending 
language. And there might also be other body language or facial expressions that you have that are negative or not welcoming. So, you know, just look and see what's happening during those those periods. And I like that because, I mean, we all know, you can see that the video, you can feel that the video is coming to an end where people go, and that's it, folks. Uh, your, your mind's already wandered off. So try not to give that signal away right there and get people to basically to leave. Because if you can get them to watch to the end mm. and get them to watch your next video, that shows a very powerful signal for YouTube watch time. So you can that's keep it. that that audience retention higher and then create another action. Uh, these are your best fans and they're going to watch multiple videos. Absolutely. Then they're going to get served videos again and again from you. Now, how do we handle listicles? Because if I have five tips of the Galaxy S10, for example, people watch one, tip two, tip three, tip four, tip five. They know it's the first tip. They know I'm ending off. How do I get around that? Well, guys like Tim Schmoyer will tell you to never you know, sort of wrap up, right? So you maybe your last one, tip five, is only 20 seconds long and there's a another video to click through at the end of it. Or mm. maybe you have a secret bonus tip at the end. You know, stay for the secret bonus tip at the end and nice. everyone always know you do that. But the secret bonus tip, again, happens under your end screen. Right. So that there's always the opportunity... You can also do things like add an end card before the end screen. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. info card before mm-hmm. the end screen. So there's just one more chance for someone to continue on. Beautiful. So keeping people watching more and more of your own content is, of course, prize number one. And that's where YouTube really rewards you for keeping people there. Right. So we've spoken retention, watching out for those bumps, relative retention. Don't give away the ending and keep people watching for longer so that YouTube loves you even more. This is awesome stuff. What else is next? Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm a follower of Tim Schmoyer, and Tim Schmoyer says, end as a surprise. So, you know, <laughs> like make it seem like it ends too fast. Like, what? wait, wait, it's over? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll just watch the next one. And don't say things like goodbye, because there's no goodbye, maybe goodbye, end of your video, but for them, the, the or thank you, you say these things at the end of things, but it's never the end of their session. Wow. Okay. That's a mindset shift right here. So it's not about you saying goodbye to the audience because the audience is going to stay on. You're just going to see them over in the next video. So saying things like, don't forget to like and subscribe and I'll see you in the next episode. That's the end. Yeah, exactly. And and the I'll see you in the next video is a great way right. to conclude a video. Just making notes to change my end screen. Thank you. <laughs> Literally that. Right. Okay. Mind-changing so, so, stuff. <laughs> so let's talk about subscribers by watch page. So the watch page is simply the, the page that a video is on. And subscribers can be identified by individual page. So if you see in a given time period that some of your pages, some of your videos are, are getting more subscribers than the others, that's a signal. That's a signal, right? So that video is doing better or worse than some of your videos. I'm sorry to tell you, it happens to everyone, (laughs) are getting unsubscribes from a given watch page. And no one looks at that last page where it says how many people have unsubscribed. And in general, that's a bad thing. It's not the only factor, but if you start getting a lot of unsubscribers on a particular 
type of content that you're doing, you might want to stop doing that <laughs> or start another channel that maybe is dedicated to that or rethink it. It's not the only factor, but an important factor. But when you see more and more subscribers, right. then those are good topics to delve into again in different ways. Okay, so, so watch the watch page, essentially. The subscribers on the watch page. Yes, yeah, subscribers on the watch page. Okay. Also, you want to look at traffic sources. So there's a lot of different ways that your videos get traffic. I think of this, if your channel is really, really healthy as, as far as YouTube is considered, I would, and you tell me if you think I'm right, that the first top two traffic sources are either browse features or mm -hmm. suggested videos. Would you agree with that, Liron? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And third, often it can be, depending, you know, we work with a lot of how-to channels, it can be search terms. And so that's YouTube search, not Google search. Right. But what exactly, you know, even though search terms are generally a small number of your traffic, it's really a good way of determining why people are coming to a video. So if it right. says your name or, you know, skateboarding, I'm just back on skateboarding with our friend <laughs> Jeremy. I just, I don't know why I think of skateboarding today. You know, if people have a certain trick that they keep researching and and that and you keep coming up for that well that's a pretty good indicator and i am of the belief that this influences other areas like suggested videos and browse features because if someone is searching for this term and later on it'll show them another video you know a week or two later because they know you like that or maybe there's a keyword in both of those videos so you get more suggested videos because of that so if a video is coming up highly for certain search terms, that's a good indicator of why it's, it's doing well or, or poorly for that matter. This is great because YouTube at the end of the day is the world's second largest search engine. Yes. People come into YouTube for how do I unblock my toilet? And at the same time, well, not the same time, but they also do another search for uh, best hotel to stay in Las Vegas. And at the end of the day, we used to thinking search just being google.com, but YouTube is a search engine. So those high, how, what, when, where, why, who, those types of questions are absolutely things that people are searching for. I have a how-to channel or consider as a how-to channel being in the mm -hmm. tech space. And a lot of, and I look at search terms all the time. If my top search term are a certain technology, certain phone, I'm going to double down and make more of that because that is how you get um, suggested. This is how people know, uh, sorry, YouTube knows that people don't watch one video and then make a buying decision or watch one video and then they're done on that topic. People watch multiple videos on the same topic. So if you can serve that audience, with multiple videos on the same topic, using your search term, that is a great indicator of what's going to work on your channel. Love that tip. Exactly, exactly. And the other traffic source I wanted to talk about here was advertising. Now, I work with a lot of businesses and businesses advertise, and there's, there's nothing wrong with it, and it can be done really well on YouTube. I am a huge proponent of using YouTube advertising except I am not a proponent of using it in the way YouTube sales wants you to advertise. <laughs> My, our way is totally different. But, you know, many creators get earn their livelihood this way, and we can, 
we congratulate that. And so, so Dad, just just on that, I just want to be clear. We're not talking about you're talking about using YouTube's own advertising platform. By no means are you suggesting remotely the services out there that are saying 10,000 views for $9.99. No, no, that's not technically advertising. That's just a sort of a, a, a not quite a scam. I mean, mm. you can get those videos, but let me actually address this because, because let's, let's talk about that for a second. These, these folks that say, you know, you get a million views by tomorrow. I can get you a million views by tomorrow. But what does that really mean? Regardless of the cost, what does it really mean? First of all, who's going to be watching? Mm-hmm. Well, often it's these sort of viewing farms and they're in poorer countries or maybe they're in Asia or Africa or different countries around the world. And, and suddenly you see tons and tons of views. But if you look in your geography of your uh, demographics, you'll mm-hmm. see that they're not coming from the U.S. generally. Now, if someone can hack it, that it's all coming from the U.S., and some, so there are some services that do that, that's a little bit less worse. But I'm not encouraging <laughs> anyone to do that. Don't do that because your channel can get deleted and banned. Absolutely. But, but for most of them, it's coming from these other countries. So what does that sell, say to the agri- algorithm? This says you're the most popular person in Indonesia. So it's not going to say, let's feed this to more people in the U.S., it's going to say, let's feed this to more people in Indonesia. And I've got nothing against Indonesia or the Philippines or <laughs> Malaysia, but that's where these views tend to come from. If you don't do business or you're not looking for a crowd in that group, then it is not going to help you. In fact, it's going to hurt you because it's going to say, great, we're going to feed it to more people in Tagalog. But what's happening is that they don't like that video. So now your new viewers, your new subscribers, if you've paid for them on a bootleg source, it's the algorithm is saying your subscribers hate your videos. And so then what the algorithm does is says, do not show mm. Dane's videos to any of his subscribers because they've already said by not watching and not clicking that they don't like it. So it's, it's sort of like an all sugar diet. You can eat it. <laughs> But you're just going to have to keep eating more sugar every day to keep that high. And you hit on a great point. The inaction of your actual real subscribers sends a very strong signal to YouTube to say they're not, they haven't watched the previous one. They're probably not going to like the next one. So your inaction is something that you've got to look out for when people do these bootleg services. And it's a similar thing for businesses because... They often only think of one analytic for some reason. Even the the top marketing companies in the world, when they advertise on YouTube, they can only, for some reason, they say, well, as long as it has views and whatever happens else on YouTube is none Mm -hmm. of my business. And that's just the wrong way of approaching. Advertising can be good for a brand, but you also have to factor in, you know, that into whether it's a success or not. Because if someone says, great, look, this video got a million views, and I'm saying, great, but it only got 10 likes. Not that likes are the most important thing, but they're an indicator right. of how many people really liked it. Absolutely. And the retention, going back to our retention yes. discussion earlier, typically with these bootleg services, you might get lots and lots of views, but your retention is so terrible that, again, YouTube says, understands that signal. Says if no, if lots of people clicked and people clicked away very, very quickly, perhaps you were clickbaiting. I'm not going to promote this video. There's one other topic that I always look at is that I look at the actual suggested videos that are driving traffic to a given video. So you can 
narrow this down, Mm -hmm. look at which actual videos are sending you traffic. Because it may just be one video that is sending you a traffic. Now, that, that leads to a number of possibilities. Maybe that person who makes that video wants to do a, a collab. That's a great a great signal. And also maybe the topics of those videos are related to your topics. So that's why people are watching. So these are all what we talked about today is all things that are why people are watching or not watching a video. All critical things that we should all be looking for in analytics. I mean, how how long should somebody, a creator, spend in their analytics? Do you think is this a day routine? Should this be a weekly routine? How micro or macro should we be looking at this? I'm not sure I have a great answer to that because I just love diving into the <laughs> analytics. But you can, within about 10 minutes, once you do this on a, a repetition, you could do this 10 minutes and find out on your latest video what all these numbers are. And so you could do it if you're coming out with a video every day. You could spend, do 10 minutes yep. on it. But frankly, you know, it's easy to get distracted by a lot of things, but you just want to focus on the key points that I said here. I know this is a lot of information, but once you start doing this and repeating it, you start to understand what those numbers looking like. You know, I have to confess something, Leron. Yes. I'm considered one of the best analytics people in YouTube business, but I'm not really that great with analytics. I got a D minus in statistics at UCLA. So I took it again to get a better grade Mm -hmm. and I got a D minus. So if I can get (laughs) D minuses in the same class and really master YouTube analytics, then almost anyone can. (laughs) So we shouldn't be scared of it, essentially. There's lots of help out there. There's lots and lots and lots of YouTube videos telling you how to do YouTube and how to unpack the analytics. Um, of course, I've got to give a little plug here to vidIQ because yes. if you do not want to spend your days in analytics, well, download the vidIQ, press the button, and it will tell you what content is working, what content to double down on, and of course, also what is not working. Because as Dane mentioned here a couple of times, if you guys listened and picked this up, it's very important to know what's working, but also very important to know what's not working. No point repeating a mistake that your audience is clearly telling you, we do not like it. Stop it or I'm going somewhere else. But if you do not stop it, guess what? You lose a subscriber. Dane, I've got to ask you this important question before we wrap up. If you were starting a YouTube channel today, yeah. All you had was your phone with a decent camera. The phone has got a decent camera, but all you had was $100. What would you spend your $100 on? Okay, so let me make this clear. I had a mic. Well, you have your phone. Your I have phone just has, have a phone. I have, do I phone. have earbuds? Do I have earbuds? Sure, they come with the phone. Okay. And just one other thing? <laughs> yes. So $100. Well, I would I would spend $10 a month on vidIQ. Oh, beautiful answer. And then I would get a, I get some sort of selfie stick and just make sure that I had some sort of light or stand or, or way of, you know, positioning the camera so that I could, the camera being a phone, mm-hmm. uh, so that I could, you know, be inside or outside. That's really all I would do. Look how little it takes to really get a YouTube channel going. And so many people are waiting for those three, $4,000 cameras before they get going. There really, really is no need. They, I mean, you could make great videos with a $3,000 camera. I'm not doubting that, but you don't have to. 
but you don't, <laughs> you don't have to. And just to, the, the fact that a lot of people forget is, yes, you could upload in 4K, but the reality is most people are watching it on their phone at 720p whilst riding the subway or do it, waiting for the doctor to actually show up for their appointment. So you, you can do lots of things. doesn't mean you need to do those things or they're a barrier to enter. If you have a phone, you could get going. Dan, it's always, always insightful. I have made frantic notes for myself and my own YouTube channel. So this has been absolutely a delight. If people want to get more information and they want to check you out, how do they find more information about you? Where can they see you? Well, they, they can check out my YouTube channel, uh, HeyCom1, H-E-Y-C-O-M, numeral one. And also I've got a podcast, the Video Marketing Value Podcast from Hey.com. It used to be called the Hey.com Podcast. Now it's the video marketing value mm. podcast, which I'd love to have you listen to. Brilliant. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes along with everything that we've spoken about today. And thank you one more time. We really appreciate it. And you guys, thank you again for listening, hanging out. Share this with one other person, pay it forward, and let's work together. We are a community after all. We'll see you guys on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.